This episode is being brought to you by Speedweed. Speedweed is America's most trusted name in medical marijuana delivery. For more information, go to www.speedweed.com. Enjoy! Alright, we're in the money! Yeah. We're in the money. We're in the money. Yo, shmoney. That's Yo. what Cardi B says. Oh, does she? I'm out here getting that shmoney. Getting that shmoney. Like, like she invented that word, shmoney. It sounds like when people say shmedium. So it's like not sh- too much money. I never heard shmedium. It's like between a small and a medium. Or oh. shmedium. They say shmedium, I think. Oh my think. god. I'm like a shmedium. You're shmedium. Yeah, shmedium. Is that a Yiddish word? Uh, no, but actually if you put any S-C-H sound on the beginning of any word, it becomes Yiddish. You're right. It is. Yeah. Shmegma. Shmegma, right. Usually, that's the Jewish kind. Schmerkumcision. Yeah. Schmerkumcision. I had a schmerkumcision. <laughs> <laughs> you made me smile. Schmerz. Schwartz. Schwartz, yes. Schwartz. Schwartz. That's... What does a Schwartz mean? Schwartz is actually means black. In it does? German. Yeah, in German and in Yiddish. Oh. That's my last name. Schwartz. But... Eric Black. Eric Black, yep. But uh, we're Russian. My family's Russian. But when we were, when my family came over through Ellis How Island. How Russian are you? I'm so Russian that Putin invited me to know the Trump secrets. Whoa. That's how Russian are I you, am. And that's why I invited you over today so you can <laughs> disclose the secrets that Trump knows. Well, you know, I'm a good secret keeper. I mean, shmeekrets, shmeekrets. Shmeekrets. Yes. Uh, but, but no, but, uh, but, we're, but actually my real, real last name would be Chardonnay, which means black in Russian. But when my family came over to Ellis Island, they couldn't hear them. So my ancestors said it in Yiddish in another language. They're like, Chardonnay, Chardonnay. They go, what, what, what? Uh, you know, Schwartz. And that's how it became Schwartz. Oh. Yeah. How did your name come to be? Ku. You know, I I never really asked anybody. What does it mean? I don't know what it means. All right. I don't even know what it means. It's short for cool. I mean, okay, <laughs> I mean, I've I've looked it up before, and it means one time I looked it up, it, it said it meant tiger. I would believe that. Do you believe that? Yeah, I believe that. Why? <laughs> I mean, that's you are your uh, your rare. You're a rare being. You're endangered. Tig- People are, like you. Are tigers rare? Yeah. <gasps> I haven't seen one in the wild, um, in the U.S. Except yeah. at a zoo. True. Um, you have a very beautiful coat. <laughs> and you're, you camouflage in tall grass. <laughs> I camouflage in tall anything. Yeah. You camouflage in tall grass. And I'm looking at your vision board over here. And it's a lot about getting fit, being fit. And I'm going to say that you could probably jump pretty high. No, 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 no. I play basketball mm-hmm. and people are always like, dunk, dunk. And even though my basketball hoop is like five feet high, mm-hmm. I I still like have a have a hard time dunking. <laughs> well, I, th- I feel like if you use your inner coup, you'll get there. But you'll get there. Yeah. I think we should all access our inner coup. Yes. You know, we all have a tiger inside. That's right. That is re- waiting to roar. Activate. It's like Tony the tiger. Yes. Activate your inner coup. So I should find out what it means, though. Yeah, I, I really think you should. Yeah. Because it'll, it'll put perspective on your life, on your being. I think I should go to Korea this summer. But Okay, so I think that's a good idea. I mean, there's, it's going to be uh, one nation pretty soon, right? Can you... Wait, <laughs> this is the first podcast episode that I'm recording since North Korea's Kim Jong-un uh, shook hands with the South Korean president. Yeah. This is so huge. I just can't believe it happened so fast. 
This is okay. So this is like the Jewish Arab version equivalent of like them coming together and having peace talks. Yeah. Yeah. And so. and people are like skeptical, but I'm like, you guys, like it kind of makes sense. He grew up in Switzerland. Like he was educated in Switzerland. He sees how the rest of the world works. How Switzerland has nice things and people aren't at war. And like people in Switzerland actually have bunkers just in case there is a war. Like they're the most paranoid, like overly protective, like people. Yeah, I you mean, know? It took, but uh, but nobody wants to go to war with Switzerland. I feel like I feel like like you you think about North Korea and like most of its citizens have not seen the internet, right? Isn't that true? Is that true? Um, they haven't heard this podcast. Well, it's like, well, I have one listener in North Korea. when i look at when i zoom in on where my listeners are no um no i haven't looked at the korean it's just the censors saying no don't let this one in (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah they have my picture up okay don't don't let her in yeah don't let but i also look like a million people over there so (laughs) not all asians look alike (laughs) I, i have to defend you is, is that what you're trying to get at me? Is you trying, I'm trying not to put saying that on me? all Asians. I'm saying one million out of 25 million might look like me. Now, I, okay, you, can you answer this question for me? Because it's Kim Jong-un is the leader, right? Kim Jong-un. And then the South Korean leader is Sun Kim Jong- It's like three Moon. other, Moon Sung something. Moon Sun Stars. Moon Sun Stars. <laughs> they yes. have the same rhythm to their name. Yeah. And then your last name I'm noticing is Ku. It's one syllable. It's one syllable. Is that really common? And like Bobby Lee, another Korean person. Yeah, we all have like one syllable words. Wow. Names. Okay. Yeah. So so Esther was a different... Esther was, was just taken from the Bible. Like my mom... Queen Esther. My mom just like, you know, picked it from the Bible. I like that. But that's a that's a that's a theme then the one one. But syllable. Jews are always like, why do you have a Jewish name? And Hispanic people are like, why do you have a Hispanic name? Esther, really? Esther's Esther's universal, right? Yeah. I'm like, don't take me as one of your own. Yeah, I mean, get the it fuck is, out of here. Jewish people would be like, oh, Queen Esther, Queen <laughs> Esther, Esther, Rachel, Rebecca, those mm-hmm. are the queens, yeah. of Israel. But that also that's the Old Testament. So then anyone after that, like Catholic or Christian, would think that that's a their biblical name yeah people only know what they know yeah they know? don't want to go outside their circle that's true that's my that's my korean accent circle they're so cool instead of saying circle or <laughs> urkel yeah. we're like circle circle c-i-r-c-o <laughs> like i i equate that with having a korean accent with that with being korean the is way that like, accent yeah like hurdle what it's kind of mean? it's kind of like like a hurdle oh hurdle yeah but it's oh. kind of a lazy, like, Korean way of saying it, I feel like. Okay. Like, if I didn't have Korean parents, I wouldn't have said it like that. But because Korean was my first language. Okay. Anyway, I think Korea everything is about to blow the fuck Dude. up. Dude, bigger than Gangnam style. Massive. Yeah. I, I, Don't what? you think? Because, yeah. like, okay, they didn't sign anything formally yet, but Kim Jong-un wrote in South Korea's, like, guest book, hey, like, it's time for peace now. And he's young. It's not like anybody's putting it on him. You know? Yeah. Like, he's like, what, 34 years old or something like that? Is he really? He's like so, so young. Let me let me look up how old he is. Wow. He's so young. He is. So it's not like he did anything to oppress the Korean people. It was his dad and his dad's dad. 
I want to see. It's not really on him. So it's easy kind of to be like, you know what? I don't want this to happen either. And I think he's scared that like we were going to attack him. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, I think you're right. I think we're, I think it's possibility that in a couple years we could think Kim Jong-un is the coolest. Maybe. Oh my God. I mean, I, the thing is like the, the problem that the thing he's going to have to get over is the, um, the human rights stuff that he's, uh, that he's done or that the country's done. That's going to be the hardest her dough. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he but, was born in 82 or 83 oh or 84. Nobody That's so knows. funny. That's nobody so knows. funny. There's not even like he doesn't even have like a set age. That's how <gasps> that's how much they haven't adopted technology. They're like, that we didn't, is we don't hilarious. Like that. Okay, so how old computer. is he? That means he's um, between he's like 35, 36. Yeah, 82 to 84. So yeah. 84, he'd be 34, right? He's like 34 years old. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's so young. Yeah. For, like, that's young for even a democratic country to have a president that young. That's really young. That's so and, and young. And he's been in there for and for two, th- for how long now? Three years? Four yeah, years? Yeah, for three, four So he, like, years? he was barely 30. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is that it's so easy for him to just be like, you know what? Like, let's stop this whole Korean war now. Yeah, like that's let's true. just and and it makes it easier that he's young. Whereas if he had been taken the throne like when he was like forty five, fifty, mm-hmm. he might be more like Set like his, his dad. Yeah, but like fuck it, his dad's dead. It's time to party. That's too. I think I think you're right. I right, think you're right. Like and he grew up in Switzerland. Like the same thing happened with me. My pa- I'm just like Kim Jong Un. <laughs> <laughs> My parents grew up, like, my parents raised me in this really, really strict church. But they made the mistake of sending me to regular American public school. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of religious people send their kids to their own religious school. Okay. Or, you know, Amish people have their own school or they, they're homeschooled. Whereas I was being exposed to the church people at night and weekends, but American public school system um, during the weekdays. So I was learning science there and learning Jesus over here. And eventually I was like, hey, I don't really like this. I'm going the American way. Okay. You know, so Kim Jong-un, he was educated in Switzerland. And who knows what he learned there. Yeah, I mean, that's a very, it's an international place. So he's exposed to all kinds of ideas, which is the thing because his People have not been exposed to any ideas. Well, it's just so funny because Switzerland is like the most peaceful country. Yeah. I think it would be such an interesting documentary to follow somebody in North Korea if this happens, if they become exposed to the rest of the world and just document them in their discovery of the rest of the world, like the internet, traveling. Oh my God, traveling. That's- that's what's going to happen. That would be a, such an amazing... And see, at, at the end of two years, do they like it better now or how it was? Yeah. That would be crazy. That's what's going to happen. That's going to... Like, it's fascinating. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else gives a shit, but there are definitely a lot of people who do find it fascinating. If they care about Yuku, they care about this. <laughs> I feel like this is important to you and you're important to them. Yeah, maybe I should go to North Korea. Yeah, just you, let's find your inner coup and go over there. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think you need and to... I could probably find some relatives in North Korea. You could do the first comedy show in North Korea. 
I think they've already done it. I you saw think they have? I saw a documentary of these two guys. Uh-huh. They went to North Korea. One was like a Korean kid. They already did a comedy show there. Oh, they did. Yeah, All yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. But but no, it's cool. We'll, we'll I'll bring comedy to North Korea. That would be awesome. Why not? I know. Well, I've been tweeting about North Korea like the past few days, and these people found me on Twitter. These like um, tourist companies who give tours of North Korea. They said, you can go back, you know, like everything you're tweeting is false. Like they, the media in the U.S. wants you to believe it's this horrible place that you won't be able to get out. But people take tours of North Korea all the time, they say. I think it would be f- cool to go there, except like, I don't know who's telling the truth. So, you know, the guy, the one kid who took that poster. Yeah. I don't want to end up like that guy. I'm not into taking posters or anything. Right. But I mean, whatever you do. That's a pretty severe sentence for that guy. No, you I know. know. But hopefully it becomes like a relaxed place and it just becomes like a cool... His parents are suing North Korea as if they're like the 51st state of the United States. I'm like, I don't think it works. I don't (laughs) think suing works outside of the U.S. Well, international war crimes. War crimes. There's there's an international court in um, The Hague. My friend actually used to work there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you're right. There is an international court of law. Yeah, but that's for war crimes. So I don't know if... This is not a war. It's not. I don't know. I, maybe it's maybe it's just an international court. I think it's the ICCC or something like that. Oh wow. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I have a friend who, um, uh, who uh, actually did, was a lawyer over there. He was over there on a scholarship, Fulbright scholarship, and he talked his way into um, putting away war criminals like Milosevic, like from the Serbian. Wow. Yeah. This guy. Let, let me tell you this story because this guy. He's been my like one of my best friends since ninth grade, mm-hmm. and uh, he, you know, comes back and forth to L.A. area because I grew up in this area, and he was at this. You know, he's the, the best schmoozer. That's a, that's such a Yiddish word. Schmoozer. schmoozer. He's the best schmoozer talker uh, that you'll ever meet, and his life is basically. I've always told him like you're like James Bond but without the violence. Like he's been everywhere in the world. He knows he'll he'll like tell me yeah I was over in Czech Republic and. Uh, you know, I didn't have a place to stay, so I called up my friend from law school. I was like, "Hey, um, can I crash in your couch?" He was like, "Well, actually, my dad is the king, so <laughs> you can come crash in the castle." And I was like, Perfect. "That's fantastic." That's how he talks. Uh, but so he was in um, he was in L.A. He ended up talking to this like huge Hollywood producer, uh-huh. and he told him what he did. He was like, "That sounds like an interesting story. Do you want to come pitch this to my team?" And he's like, "Yeah," and he did it, and like. Long story short, or short story long, uh, he has a show that's coming out that is loosely based on his life. A oh, series. but he's not in it. He, he, he's not. He's not an actor. He's a lawyer. He's just like this guy who's not even in the entertainment industry. And he was like, "Dude, yeah. uh, you're like." And I told him, "Hey, congratulations! You've accomplished." Well, because people your in dreams. the entertainment industry are really boring. Yeah, I mean, you know, because we're all trying to like be in the entertainment industry. So we Mm -hmm. all have the same fucking story. It's like, here's somebody who lived outside of entertainment bubbles. Yeah, it's a great story. Actually did something with his life. So we can take that story and make it entertaining. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's why I think it's important to have interests because do stuff outside the entertainment industry because that's your story, your personal story. That's why I didn't come to L.A. until just very recently. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm out living my story. That's true. <laughs> I'm living my story, y'all. I'm out here living my story in these streets. This shit don't happen to you guys because all you do is go to auditions. 
That's true. You, you know? get you you it's come like, into this lifestyle and you don't have anything else. And then all these TV shows that are all just about the industry, I find that to be kind of it's cool. Animaniacs was like that. Yeah. Like all the jokes are about show business. And when you rewatch the Animaniacs now, you mm-hmm. get it and you're like, "Oh my god, that's so funny." But when you're a kid, you're just like, "Yo, these wacky dogs are just being funny." <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually a very deep cartoon. Yeah. You know? I haven't I don't I don't know You've too never much seen about it. it. I've seen it, but I've Oh my god, these dogs yeah. like run around the Warner Brothers parking lot. Like that's the introduction of the show is these dogs, Wacko, Yakko, and Dot, mm-hmm. they climb up to the um, water tower at WB in the studio and they wreak havoc. Okay. It's so fucking funny. Right, I gotta watch that. It is so funny. It's like what Entourage is based off of? I mean, <laughs> I no. It's like they just get into trouble and... Okay. It's just... It's so funny. You're right, though. There are a lot of... There are a lot of, like, series, a lot of shows and stuff about the entertainment industry. Maybe yeah. because, you know, there's not... A lot of people that don't do anything else. Right. I think... Don't you think it's interesting to people who aren't in it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, like a show like 30 Rock. It's fun to look into a writer's room to see like what might happen Mm -hmm. inside a writer's room. That's and I think a lot of podcasts are like that too. It is interesting, but like when every show starts becoming like that, it gets tiring. It's like there are so many stories out there. If Mm -hmm. you just start being friends with somebody outside of your circle, you'll see that there's interesting stories out there to be told. Yeah, you stand out. You know? Yeah. You're right. I am a tiger. You stand out above <laughs> the grass. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. You, but you don't. You don't blend in with the grass. I also come quick like a tiger does. I don't know how quickly a tiger comes, but they run quick. Yeah, they do. They run fast. Yeah. They run fast. You know what's funny is that when Kim Jong Un first started school in Switzerland, mm-hmm. he told his classmates that he's the son of the dictator of North Korea, and people made fun of him. Really? Yeah. They thought he was kidding. They were like, "No, oh, you're man. not," because. Who would think that this that Kim Jong-il would have his son educated outside of the country? I know. Don't you have faith in your, your public right? schools? I right? mean, he must know English. Kim, Kim Jong-un? He must know English. Yeah. He no. might become best friends with Trump soon. Well, you seem to know a lot about this guy. How do you know so much <laughs> about Kim Jong-un? Oh, because I like read books. I'm like obsessed. Is he married? Yeah, he's married. He's married. Mm-hmm. But you never see his wife or you never hear anyone talk about him. Talk about her. Uh, wait, is he married? I don't know. Is he single? I don't... Is he single? (laughs) Is he like a single dictator? Okay, let's... (laughs) (laughs) Um, let me look it up. I think he's married. The Bachelor Dictator Edition. I'm on his Wikipedia page right now. Look at this picture. It is... Oh my god. Does not look fun. Well, you know, he has an older brother who was supposed to take the throne, Mm -hmm. but his older brother doesn't really look like his dad, so they kicked him out. Wait, and then didn't he kill somebody? What, his brother or something? He killed his brother? Uh, yeah, like in the last year. He killed his brother or something. I think or his he killed his, or something. His, his uncle. Yeah, his uncle. Yeah. Yeah. But like, did he kill him or is that all just another lie? Because North Koreans love lying to their people. And if they lie to their people, why wouldn't they lie to us? And that stuff needs to be addressed. Like if yeah, that stuff spouse. is true... Re-sol-ju. They got married in 2009. Three syllable, a, a, a oh, monosyllabic three syllable name. And then name. her children, Kim Ju-a and possibly another two. That is so funny. But look, every Korean name is three three words and each one has one syllable. Wow. She's believed to have three children, though this is not known for certain. 
I got. Wait, she, he does not have a wife. He does have. A He's, wife. Married, He's married, and they might have one, two, or three children. That's crazy. <laughs> it just might be one name. <laughs> it might just be one name. This is her. She's really pretty. That's his wife. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's his wife. Yeah. She's very, she's very, like, that's the highest neckline I've ever seen on a dress. Definitely not like. Right. It's conservative. You can't show cle- cleavage at all in North Korea. Well, Koreans, we don't have cleavage. Okay. You can't, <laughs> you can't physically show it or socially. It's against the law. It's against the laws of nature. But no, I mean, what they have been doing, they've been bringing in like USB drives of South Korean movies into yeah. North Korea. So a lot of North Koreans have been watching like outside entertainment. Oh, wow. And so it's all on the black market. Maybe and Kim Jong-un knows like his people are going to want more. He knows that like the end is near. Okay. And he just, it's it's like quitting your job when you know you're going to get fired. Like, right. let me Or when you know you're going to get killed. Yeah. Let me just walk out of here backwards, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because his people are being educated on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And... And meanwhile, the sanctions are like really horrible. So they're not getting goods, right? Right. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's like, just join the rest of the fucking world. Yeah. I think they should name it like, um, give it a hip nickname, like NoCo. NoCo. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, bro. I live I mean, in Noka. It might just become Korea. Like they might do away with North South. No, I mean it, gonna... it will always be North South. I think that they're it's just they're I mean they got a long way to go. They got a long way to Such go. Such a long way to go and like can be killing people like that. The thing is he can look at South Korea and go, "You know what? We lost the war." Just mm-hmm. looking at South Korea, it's booming. Mm-hmm. It's booming compared to any other country in the whole world. Yeah. They're like, they have the fastest Wi-Fi out of everybody. It's oh, really? ridiculous. Yeah. Really? Like you're on a train and you have like super fast Wi-Fi on I've a train. Been to, you've been to South Korea? Yeah. Okay. And it's amazing. Like That's the awesome, technology huh? there, the toilets all have like a million buttons. They <laughs> love technology. Like it's LG, Samsung. That's all Korea, you know? I got to go over there. So you should do shows there. I would love to. And then freaking North just looks down at the south. Like it's like North Korean people don't even have electricity. Only Kim Jong Un probably has electricity. And then when you look at the world from high up at night, there's no lights in North Korea. Like people walk in darkness. Actually, I've read some of these books about North Korea and you know, you're not supposed to like date anybody who's not in the workers party. If you're in the workers party, you're like one of the chosen people. You're like you work for Kim Jong-un, right? Okay. And so you're basically like a politician family and it's really um, it's really competitive to get into the workers' party. But if you're super talented or if you're really beautiful, you get chosen to be brought into the workers' party. And when you're in the workers' party, you're not supposed to date below you. Oh, so wow. like okay. the peasants. And I was reading a story about this one girl, I think it was, who was dating a peasant. And they got away with it because there's no electricity at night. So it's literally pitch black dark. So they would like leave their houses and go meet up at their place where they wanted to meet up. And no one could see them. They couldn't even see each other. It's so dark. Can you imagine like just there's no electricity for miles. Wow. How do you even not like fall into like a ditch or something? Like that seems just so dangerous. I would seem, I would think like, now people could track you or something you according to facebook or you know where were you even if nobody could see you but there's just it seems like it's such a um 
antiquated lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it is. Yeah, they're the, just so behind. Yeah, like because you can get probably get tracked on where your cell phone is. You know what I mean? Right. But if they're not even using cell, they're phones. not even. They don't even yeah. have cell phones. Wow. I mean, but they do because I just saw a video of like North Koreans. They're just like us, and this it's it's, it's way easier to cheat in North Korea. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah. But then, so they would always this couple. They would always meet up uh, at a certain time at night, every night, and then one day, one of them, the girl, just went to South Korea, and just escaped North Korea. And he Can you probably. Do that? Well, like people have done that. There are wow. defectors, but wow. like you risk getting shot. Yeah, because there, are there, there's places in the DMZ that like are not guarded. If you or go, if you go at night, you can like cross the river, you. and yeah. they can't see you because it's dark. Wow, crazy! Oh it's crazy, right? <sighs> it would be, it would be like fascinating to be over there, but also so scary. Yeah, right. Just to be over there to watch it to see what's going on. It would be so scary, though. You know, I should just learn Korean. Yeah. So that in a couple years, once they open it up to people, mm -hmm. I can go do my TV show there. <laughs> yes, there you go. You should do that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I think comedy in other countries is like it's it's booming as well. Like Mexico, there's and, and yo, well, that's the great thing yeah. about it for us is India. that we don't have to stay in the U.S. because. The U.S. market for comedy is so competitive. There's so many comedians here there are a lot that comedians. we could just like export ourselves to other countries, and mm -hmm. all these other countries are having their equivalent of the '80s comedy boom. There, they are, and then there's a comedy boom in the U.S. as well. And I think podcasts, like if you go to other other uh, states, other cities, do you notice like maybe ten years ago, five years ago, there weren't very many good comedians, local comedians. Right. Yeah. And now when I'm going around, there's a ton of great local comedians, and I think it's because of podcasts and Netflix. It all the digital, like because people have access. Before it was like you couldn't see really good comedy unless you were in New York or L.A. and you could see the top mm -hmm. comedians. But now you can watch their special every. Are you two saying weeks. that these local comics are listening to podcasts yes. to learn more, like how to do comedy better? Uh, yes, and the podcasts are giving them the behind-the-scenes thing. That's what I was saying, yeah. podcasts. They're, like before, you had to go to the club, hang out, and listen to these stories, listen to you know how to you know get into rooms, how to... There's a there's an, uh, like podcasts on how it's to do true. well in the it's industry. It's true. I mean, know? I learned a lot from listening to podcasts. Yeah, like I heard I Kathleen Madigan on a podcast, and she talked about like tipping the waitstaff when you go to... Sure. When you're performing at a comedy club. Yep. Good thing I learned that so yeah. that like I'm not pissing people off everywhere I go. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, that stuff became available. It's like that's what the thing is with North Korea, you know, like North Korea doesn't have podcasts yet. Or like 10 years ago. These they don't have electricity. Yeah, 10 years ago, these comedians were North Korea. The local comedians were, were North Korea. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. they got access to all this information, you know. And, the, and now I notice like all a lot of comedians in local... Uh, markets like I was in Lubbock, Texas, and I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be hard, uh, you know. The, but then you arrive they there, great. they actually have listened to my podcast, and I'm, yeah. I'm always like surprised. I'm like, do you really? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, crazy. prove it. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, so, like I, I'm so. It's actually like a lot of people would bring, you know, I sometimes will bring friends with me to do to uh, open and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I'll sometimes do that, but I mean, it's expensive. 
it, it you know to bring somebody yeah. fly them out and so I think it's kind of cool that like there's a lot of good local comedians now. I think it's it cool. is it is expensive. Yeah. And but I prefer to travel by myself. Do you? If I had an opener, I'd want them to live in New York and be like, meet me <laughs> yeah. there in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like it's so annoying to freaking that's true. Like travel side by side for like 24 hours for a whole weekend. It's like yeah. I prefer putting my headphones in, listening right. to music, zoning out. And not have to, like, talk to a human being. It is true that, like, when you travel with somebody in a car, for sure, like, on a road trip, you'll you'll talk to them more than you'll listen to the radio. And I've noticed when I do that, like, my voice is tired by the time we get there. Yeah, you need you know? to, like, travel with somebody who knows how to be quiet. Yeah. And, like, can just shut it off yeah like uh the one because otherwise it's exhausting isn't it yeah it's you can't exhausting. like wear out your voice talking like put on the radio and also your brain is trying to come up with things to talk about you know instead of like there's a there's sometimes i'll go by myself and not listen to anything and just let my mind wander you know what i mean that's good for you <laughs> and yeah. if you're like constantly engaging with somebody it's like when you do a podcast for for two hours afterwards you're like man i'm tired but you're just sitting there it's because your brain you know, your brain I know, is like you're constantly always like, working. Why am I so tired? Yeah. It shouldn't be so tired. I wasn't exerting physical right. effort. But your brain burns calories, burns energy. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Or sometimes these younger comics, they don't know how to shut up because they have like three roommates and they're always talking oh, and they're right. always engaging. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my God, like you're exhausting. Like, let's just chill. I was, uh, I went and did a shoot uh, of a, of a, one of my, I do a, um, web series called Cultura, mm -hmm. Culture, and it's, uh, basically I put myself in cultural situations to learn about it, and, you know, um, and we went out to go shoot it. My girlfriend was helping me shoot, and sh she brought one of her friends, and her friend is, like, 22, and it was just, like, they, and they hadn't seen each other for a while, and they were just talking, and, and it was, like, yeah, that, like, just nonstop chatter, and I'm, like, I can't even think right now. Yeah. Because it's just like, oh, this person said that, and that person said this, and you remember when we did that? And it was like, oh my God. Just like, listen to the radio or something for a minute. Yeah. It was exhausting. Yeah. Some people don't know how to have silence. Yeah. I luckily found a guy that's like one of my best friends, um, Billy Galewood, who we we did a bunch of touring together, mm -hmm. and it was like, cool, because we wanted to talk to each other. We hadn't seen... Like, it. it's crazy like how... When you're in high school or whatever, you'll make such good friends because you're there every day. You see them every day and you hang out with them for over long periods of time. But when you're an adult, you don't really get to do that, no. right? This, if you go on the road with like a good friend of yours, it's, it will strengthen your friendship. Like we went out and like we, we came up with projects. We kind of helped each other through our stuff mm -hmm. you know what i mean like he made me come to a realization about you know like stress and anxiety yeah it's like you're yeah. having a conference yeah it's it, it a was a two-person conference on yeah. the road we didn't even want it we didn't even like design it to do that but like you know i helped him with stuff and it was really good it was yeah. a good thing yeah that's good when you can powwow like that yeah it was awesome yeah <laughs> you were thinking about it your wheels got turned and you're like who can i bring out I'm there like, no you know i never like went up to like people being like can i open for you because i feel like it's such a personal choice mm -hmm. because asking somebody to open for them you're asking them like hey want to spend the whole weekend with me yeah what if that person thinks i'm annoying as fuck 
I've never like gone up to a tell being like, can I open for you? Even mm-hmm. though like I feel like everybody has. I heard he's nice and lets people open for him. Yeah. But or when people ask me, can I open for you? I'm like, first of all, let, I've known you for 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. let's see if if we can get along for a day. You know what I mean? Because right. you're with that person. You have to be able to get along with the person and not annoy them. That's true. That's like, true. There, there are some people who go around asking everybody, like, can I open for you? Can I open for you? And I guess, like, eventually they hit somebody who, like, doesn't mind. They open for them. But if you're asking them to take you on the road. It's, like, a lot. That's, I didn't even think about that. Right? Yeah. Think about, like, it's a plane ticket. And then if you're not super good friends with them, it's a hotel room. Yeah. Like, it was... Billy and I, we shared a room. So it was, like, yeah. totally easy. But, uh, yeah. It's... It was... It, it, I'm, I'm, and also because it's more than just the show it's not oh eight o'clock i'll be performing here all the time leading up to the show right. after the show eating meals together and you don't want to be like with somebody that you can't stand right it's basically like they should pay you is that what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> that's what bands I'm do like, i'm like oh my god you should pay me because i'm babysitting you well you know what bands do that bands um there's like uh if you to open for a, like a bigger band a lot of um, newer bands will pay, pay to play. That's what they call it. Oh, pay to play. Yeah. And they uh, have all their own expenses, but they realize the value that they're getting in front of this b- other band's right. audience, and they're building an audience on their own. They're sharing their audience with them. Yep. Yeah. Man. But I think I think we should do. We should start a pay pay to play for comedians. Well, you know, I feel like no, we shouldn't. That's horrible. I've done some some uh, gigs. That were like, I think comedians are actually nicer than bands are to each other. Uh, And the comedy industry, the comedy business, like no matter how bad you think it is, like the touring part of it, it's not as bad as as bands have it. Why? Well, I went on the Vans Warped Tour a Mm -hmm. couple years ago. There was a comedy tent. And um, I saw what these bands go through. Like that pay to play thing. And a lot of these bands, we were in a tour bus. And it was like 12 people on the tour bus and we slept in like bunk beds, right? And I was like, wow, that's crazy. That's 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 roughing it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, some of these bands were following the tour. They weren't even officially on the tour. They would, you know, like play wherever they could. They would just get in their car or they, they had like, they would, I saw one person had like, a, um, like an airport shuttle bus that they converted into some of the someplace that they could sleep like we had a shower on our bus yeah they had nothing. no shower yeah they were basically like they shower under the gas pipe yeah they were they were driving hours overnight we had a driver they were driving eight hours overnight after the gig had played and you know however far away this gig was and it was just like and then they'd get out and play and then they'd set up their oh my merch, god you know i remember well but they're probably new like yeah, that's that's what you do new. when you're new the only money they made to get to it was their merch money oh my god i remember doing a naca years ago yeah and we all shared a hotel room like my agent oh yeah and her clients I had never met these people before, and there's two double beds. There's, like, yeah. people just sleeping on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like, I got a spot on a bed somehow, and I, I slept <laughs> next to some girl I never met before because by the time I got to the room, she was already asleep. Yeah. And then I had to perform the next day for the showcase. I'm like, that's not an ideal situation to be getting a good night's sleep so you can perform well the next day. Yeah. That NACA thing is, like, uh, you watch Crashing, HBO? 
I've seen um, like two episodes. I should watch more. Yeah, they had an episode on NACA. And it's I love that show because it really like, it's very realistic uh, 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 of like things that we go through as comedians. The mm-hmm. only thing is that, that the timeline is sped up because, you know, he, he starts comedy and like now he's in season two or three and he's already like, you know, doing NACA and like opening, oh, warming up TV shows. You know and stuff, what? But... That's that's so bad though because people who want to be comedians yeah. watching that show think it takes like one year to get to that. Well, I mean, you think of it, it's a TV show. He can't be an open micer for six seasons, you know. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> we did it. I have yeah. lots of crazy stories of when I was an open micer. Yeah. One time I went to the Comedy Cellar open mic. It was like a five o'clock show on a Saturday or something. Mm-hmm. And I met this guy on rollerblades. And I was, I just moved to New York and he's like, oh, do you need a job? I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, you can work for me. I have a real estate company. I said, okay, cool. Um, so I went to his apartment, which he, I get, he goes, I work out of my apartment and I didn't think anything of it. <laughs> so I go to his apartment <laughs> and then, uh, he's like, okay, so just, there's a file on there. I have a bunch of apartments. Like he was just like, he would take Craigslist apartments. Mm-hmm. He would rent them and then rent them for more on Craigslist. Oh. So he would rent an apartment for 1000 rent it for 1500 He was the sublet pimp. Yeah. So <laughs> so then he would like tell me like how it works and everything. And he would talk to people on the phone on Craigslist. And he was running this whole thing. And, uh, and then he goes, open that folder there. And then it was a picture of his fucking penis. Oh, my God. Yeah. He, so this is pretext. He couldn't text it to you. He had to invite you over to his house. <laughs> Open that folder. Yeah, before my dick. You know, girl, millennial girls these days—they have no idea how good they have it, right? Like you didn't—you just... weren't even lured into some guy's apartment in the West Village. Open up a file. You could view his penis at the privacy so, of your own your own home. So I screamed, and then I just ran out. Oh my god. Yeah. He's like, no, that's a uh, that's somebody else's penis <laughs> that i'm showing and he acted like oh whoops but i'm like you knew what you were doing yeah. i guess guys there are some guys who get off on girls looking at pictures of their penises that's so weird to me i've never my penis has never appeared on camera been photographed yeah it's like what's wrong with you you're yeah. so straight edge i just never thought i don't know i just don't want it getting out there yeah well it's just you know it's not like penises just aren't attractive. So no matter even if the like the guy who has the best looking penis, it's still, you know, <laughs> a vagina's still better. That's true. I mean, I've seen some really pretty ones, but I've seen some not so pretty ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like penises are meant to be felt, not looked at. Okay. Fair enough. So penis pictures, I guess if you're gay, you might want to look at a penis picture. But I mean, it's not like I jerk off to penis pictures. You don't? No. So what is it that what is it that gets you like if you're watching something? I mean, I don't really watch porn. Okay. Me yeah. either. Yeah. Don't. You don't watch porn? I mean, I've seen it. A few most times guys watch today. porn, I feel yeah. like. Most guys <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Most guys like yeah. consume a lot of porn. Yeah, um I don't know. I would say I don't know. I've seen yeah. I'm not like heavy into it. Yeah. But I've seen it. I, I, I'll, I'll put on like a good Britney Spears music video, Christina Aguilera. Or a Shakira music video. Yeah. That's so much sexier than watching like a penis going in, in and out of a girl. Okay. I just find porn to be like gross. Well, I, I think that the audience it was made for is a specific audience, you know? Yeah. It's made for you guys. Yeah. 
when I first started comedy, everybody, people would make comments or I would read like YouTube comments and it was like, she should do porn. <laughs> and I never, I never understood <sighs> that because I'm like, I don't even watch porn. Like, what are they talking about? <laughs> I think that they just feel bad about what they're doing to your video right now. And they just want to call it <laughs> what they're using it for. Maybe. I think that's what I feel. I feel bad. I feel bad for women, and I like want to apologize for guys on behalf of I, all of you yeah, creeps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, God, like I see it on comedians, on female comedians, uh, Instagram. Posts, yeah, on their Instagram, and I'm like, it's more Dude. on Instagram than Facebook because Facebook is more family value oriented. Yeah, and Instagram is more like I'm a hoe. Yeah, but like I, I mean, are they just trying to harass? That's one thing is like, are you just trying to harass, just trying to be an idiot and just trying to mess with people? Or are you like really trying to get that person to like show you whatever or like, you know, go out with you? Because that's like the worst approach. Well, I don't think it's a real attempt to go out with us unless they're really dumb. Yeah. I mean, they might be really dumb or they might be like 13 years old or 14 years old, you know? No, I think they. I think most of them are older, actually, who just don't give a fuck. Okay. They they're like, she's not gonna fuck me. I'm like this 55 year old dude on my phone. I saw somebody, a female comedian, post something yesterday that said, uh, like somebody texted her. She posted a text. She didn't say who it was from, but like the guy was like, hey, um, I'm getting older, and I'm just gonna take this approach as just being totally honest. But do you want to have sex? Um, it was like gross, like. It was like, mm-hmm. why would you think that would work? And she just replied like, I'm going to say no, LOL. And uh, and then like in the post that she, she wrote like, this is disgusting. Why do you guys think this works? But, you know, just to, to him, like if I got that response back from her, I would be like, oh, well, she was at least nice about it. But like inside she's really thinking this is disgusting yeah right yeah so even when we get those like kind of nice responses where where uh we think like oh well i didn't offend her or whatever like it you guys are really freaking out well i don't know i'm just so used to it i don't really freak out really yeah it's that often that guys do it (laughs) guys do that all a lot well you know what a friend of mine one time told me that i should print out my emails and read them on stage of like guys trying yeah. to like holler at me. Might because, as well use them for good, right? Because the thing, for like, you can yeah, because a lot of times they'll write like it's it's just kind of embarrassing, you know? Because yeah. it's like a, it's like this is their love note, like well, this is what they would write if we were in grade school and they like passed a note to me. Well, look, I, I'm not saying that I'm you know holier than anybody, but. On behalf of some of the good guys out there, I apologize. <laughs> I just want you to know there's some hope out there. Isn't I that hope. the definition of a cuck? A guy who apologizes on behalf of other guys? Well, then I'm a cuck. Behaviors? Yeah, I don't Are care. Are you a self-proclaimed cuck? Uh, I think cuck is something different. Is that that you will watch your wife, wife get have sex fucked with by another yet. guy? Yeah, but I don't think that's what I'm doing. I'm thinking I'm just I'm just apologizing. But it falls in line with cuck uh, behavior. Oh, does it? Yeah. Well, because, then let me take that back. Because I'm why no would you apologize for something that you haven't done? That's true. Yeah, I'm not a part of that. You, you know, know what? I don't apologize for them. Yeah, you gotta be I a just, bigger asshole. That's right. Fuck those guys. <laughs> There's other guys See, out there. See, now this that is don't also a that. definition of a cuck: is somebody who cuck. listens to a woman. Oh, oh God. <laughs> 
you can't you're, win. You're backing me into a cuck corner. <laughs> well, you're just a hundred percent cuck, made of cuck material. Yeah. So I have cuck tendencies. Yeah. That I try to fight. I can see that. Yeah, like um, I think I'm too nice. That's maybe what it is. Are you too nice? I can get too nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but uh, I think. Can I take advantage of your niceness in any yeah. way, Look, shape, yeah, or form? Ahead. Like what? Um. Well, I've learned, I've learned though. Like, Are you going to help me move? Yeah, like I would help people move. But like one thing that I do a lot is like I will, um, you know, somebody will need help with something or, or somebody will have a project mm-hmm. that they want to do. And I'm like, oh, I know I could help them. I could do, I could help them do that. I know the, I know the route on how to get them there. Uh-huh. And then I'll take that on that project and I won't, I'll ignore my own. Oh, I do that a yeah. Lot, you know? I do that too. Yeah. Well, like, because like we we get so attached, and then if you see somebody and you believe in them, yeah, exactly, and you're like, oh my god, like if you just if you just had me help you with your social media, right. I could get you to superstar level, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I do. Something it's so, like that. It's so natural for us codependents to like <laughs> take on somebody else's life because it's almost the distraction from our own lives mm-hmm. gives us pleasure. I've heard that word though, code code. Codependent, codependent, not codependent. That's something else. Codependent is, and what does that mean? Because I've heard that a lot. It's when you're a people pleaser and you were probably neglected when you were younger and you want to, you want to make people happy. I'm definitely a people pleaser. Yeah. I don't know if I was neglected. I don't know. I don't okay, know. well then something happened where you were, codependents don't just happen. They come from like alcoholics. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nobody really drank in my family. It's uh, weird because like I had a good, I, I would think unless I'm I'm uh, North Korea uh-huh. and don't know what I'm missing. Um, I think I had a pretty good, pretty good upbringing, but I don't know. I mean, my parents were divorced. That's probably maybe mm-hmm. the people pleasing thing. You is probably like, blame that divorce on yourself. No, I think, I think a lot of it was maybe like I had to um, talk to... I was like the, um, what's the word, like liaison mm-hmm. between my parents, mm-hmm. where they, you know, they would right. talk they, through me. They were they were being immature and childish, and mm-hmm. they couldn't communicate with each other when their marriage didn't work. Mm-hmm. So you had to rise up to be the adult to communicate for them. Yeah, they were already divorced. They divorced when I was a, a year old. Yeah. And then... Uh, so your mom would be like, tell your mother... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, tell your mom this. Tell your dad that. Tell your mom... Yeah. Yeah. And it was, that was, that was hard. Yeah. And you would be messenger. Yeah. I was yeah. like the, the negotiator of mm-hmm. my own, um, and the hostage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. That happens to a lot of kids, I bet. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I see a lot of, some couples now that are divorced, uh, you know, that they, they talk. I think that they, that's maybe more the culture now in divorce. Like, I remember when I was growing up, kid, uh, you know, parents when they got divorced, they just hated each other. This, it seemed. This still happens. Does that? Yeah. People just, who are married hate each other. Yeah. Can't afford a divorce. Yeah, that's crazy that it costs money to get divorced. It's crazy that people get married to begin with. Why <laughs> yeah. do you get married? You're not married, right? I'm not married. Yeah. But I mean, I see, I see the value in getting married, but, you know, I. I'm not one of these people that's like, don't ever get married. It's different for every person. I'm saying not get married or, or do get married. But yeah, I don't know. It's probably, it's probably, I probably do have some, um, some kind of uh, 
ideas about marriage because of you know my parents being yeah. divorced and stuff like that. You're cautious. Man, we're going all over the place. To give this. somebody a ring. Yeah. Right? That's true, yeah. Have you ever proposed to anybody? Uh, no, until this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Get up. Man, I don't, I don't really, I'm not really a marriage person because my parents were always like, no one's ever going to want to marry her. Why? Because I'm just really loud and obnoxious and I laugh loudly. I'm not ladylike. What's so okay. I, I care to according to them I carry very male characteristics. So in the Korean culture, like you know, you're supposed to make yourself ladylike so that guys will want to marry you. I'm like, marriage doesn't sound appealing to begin with. So see you fucking later. <laughs> you know. So wait, I gotta bear children. I gotta cook and clean and not get paid for any of it. Fuck y'all. I don't think you should give up on that on marriage though, because if that's something you want. Because that's the old world talking, first mm -hmm. of all. And then second of all, when you just laughed, like in the podcast, mm -hmm. I totally thought to myself, wow, she has such a great laugh. Like that's, I think, one of your best qualities is how free you are when you laugh and how free you are just in general. Well, you're in the minority because a lot of people are annoyed with my laugh and they're like, shut up. They're like, stop <laughs> laughing. Why? I've always gotten that my whole life. Like people embarrassed to be seen with me because of my laugh. So your laugh is honest, right? Yeah. Or people accuse me of having a fake laugh. It's not a fake laugh. It doesn't sound fake to me. You believe it because yeah, yeah. you... I'm a la I am a, as laughs a laugh go, connoisseur. I am a laugh connoisseur. It's one of the best sounds I've uh, in my world. You know what I mean? That's why I do comedy. And it should be. But there are people, there are actually comedians out there who probably think that I'm like sarcastically laughing. So they look at, like, no. I'm laughing. I actually find them funny on stage and I'm laughing. Mm -hmm. And they think I'm trying to heckle them, but I'm just laughing. Yours is an honest laugh. There, Here's here's the dishonest comedian laugh. Ready? You'll hear it a lot. Ha! Uh, That's... All the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ha! Ha! That is a dishonest comedian laugh. Totally. Because nobody laughs like that. Ha! 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 But it's also, but it, it also could be honest if you, if you're thinking about it, because some people can't laugh anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're so you like they can't. Some people only say that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Or they go hilarious. They yeah they, they want to show you that they're laughing I think so they do I, that laugh. I think I'm I'm soon coming to those years when I'm I stop laughing. Soon come laugh. <laughs> <laughs> See? That's a Korean name. Soon come laugh. Soon come laugh. Oh my god, that's a great name. That's a good Laugh come soon. Laugh come soon. I'm Kim Jong Un. I'm laugh come soon. Laugh come soon. That was an so everybody listening, that was a genuine laugh. That was definitely a genuine laugh. And I'm looking at you, and I see your face, and I see your body language, and that's genuine. For yeah. Sure. Well, I'm glad you believe that it's a real laugh because otherwise we couldn't be friends. But like I, I'm sitting here and like I'm like I want to make her laugh again because it's such a great laugh. I love your laugh. I know you should want to make me laugh, but can you believe there are people out there who hate my laugh? Well, they hate themselves because you're just being honest, and if they can't take you being honest, I mean, honest, I don't know if they truly hate themselves. Right. If you hate my laugh. Well, look, you're just telling her if you don't. That's a very like bold laugh, statement. Well, this is the thing: is like if you're saying if they're saying they hate your laugh, they're saying they hate you being honest 
Yeah. Because you're just being honest. And maybe they're just not honest with themselves. And also, if you love yourself. Well, you know, you I sell my laugh. laugh. I sell my laugh as a ringtone on yeah. iTunes. It's called <laughs> Coo Laugh. Coo space laugh. Really? And you could download it for one twenty nine. And people have downloaded my laugh and use it as a ringtone to <laughs> annoy their coworkers. <laughs> they get emails. People say every time my phone rings, you laugh. And, you know, my girlfriend hates it or my boyfriend hates it. Or people, that, people send me messages like that. Those are my favorite emails. But that's like you, your, your laugh is so beloved. Like you could take it as being hated, but you could also take it as your life is so beloved, people will pay for it. Is the glass half like, empty yeah. or half full? Is my laugh beloved or hated? But it's not really hate. It's not really hatred because then they wouldn't be boyfriend and girlfriend or wife and husband anymore. It's really love because they get their... It's just annoying. You know? Yeah. They stay together and like, ah, oh, that laugh. Ah, oh, you got me. I love it. I, they're, what they're saying is I hate you, but they're really saying, I love you for that laugh. I love you for... For, you know... One time in physics class, Mr. Reeves kicked me out for laughing too much. Yeah. He said, if you laugh one more time, you're out. And I laughed at that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he moved my desk into the hallway. Uh-huh. And I had to sit in the hallway for the rest of the class. You guys, this this poor woman has been cast... Tortured. Ca- what's that? Um, ostracized. Ostracized. Castrated. Castrated. <laughs> Castracized. <laughs> For, for my laugh. for my laugh, yeah, at church in school. Man, that's what makes you unique and special. No, Dude. most people most people have something. Most comedians like my laugh, I guess. I love it. You know? Yeah. Like you should like it. If yeah. you're a comedian, you should like laughter. That's true. There's oh, let me tell you a little a fake laugher story. I have this woman. You might have seen her because she's a, a big comedy fan. Her name is Carol Newell, and she we call her Carol the Laugher. And she will be at your show, uh-huh. and all of a sudden, you'll do the joke. She'll wait about three seconds after everyone stopped laughing, like toward the end of the laugh, and you'll hear, ha-ha-ha! She frequents the Laugh Factory a lot. and I don't know her. Yeah, okay. She came to my comedy special, and she must have sat right underneath the microphone, because when I was doing the show, I didn't really oh hear her. Oh my god. But when we went to cut... Where was the microphone for the audience? We had several. But oh, she must have shit. been near one because was that bad? When we went to cu- good. we went to cut the special and we had to cut her out 13 times. We had to cut her out of it because it sounded fake. Oh, it really wow. sounded fake. Really though? Yeah. But I mean, it was real. It was well, when you hear her I think it's a fake laugh for attention because she waits till the end of everyone laughing and then she goes ha mm-hmm. ha ha mm-hmm. and people like start looking at her and they laugh at her laughing like that and then she likes that and she keeps doing it and then people start getting pissed yeah you know? i know my laugh can be disruptive too like people turn around when i laugh well at a comedy show i think if it's honest you there's you can't it's, say anything about that but yeah. it's kind of like an earthquake it causes like little tremors around me yeah and there's always like people who there's a ripple effect there's people who always laugh yeah this woman's definitely eventually doing it for attention and i even told her that i, I i'm honest with her about it because if she comes to my next special i'm i'm gonna have to like ban her i i can't have her you know because it's gonna make fat? it sound weird is she fat yeah no but that's not the point well how is that the point if she's fat 
I was just trying to picture her sitting oh. under the microphone in the audience. And <laughs> she, it just, yeah, she was like, there's no point. I just wanted to, up. I just wanted to visualize it. Yeah, but she, no, I can't have her at like another thing where I'm taping because it just, it takes the attention away from me and I need the attention. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I guess that is distracting then. But I told her like the day that we did the edit, the sound edit, um, I had a, I had a spot at the Laugh Factory in Long Beach and, uh, she would I go I walk into the show after all day of like cutting out ha 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 and then I hear ha ha, ha in the audience and I just and she's there I unloaded oh my I unloaded God. on her on stage I was like why I just cut you, you impregnated out. her yeah I unloaded on her <laughs> I, I was like man I just cut you out of my special like listen to your laugh all day cut you out and now you're back to just haunt me oh she doesn't know she's haunting you she does i mean we're friends and stuff like i mean we're friendly and she knows like i love her but wow you know she's gonna come to every show now you can't publicly say i love her (laughs) (laughs) but oh my god i love her in like the way of like ah i love you yeah 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 you gotta like do something about the laugh if i'm spending money to record my special you can't do that you know. Right. I was just at the Laugh Factory in Vegas okay. with um, Dice and Eleanor Kerrigan. Okay. Name dropping. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But no, that was fun. Like, I never really had met him before. Dice? Yeah. And so I was just, um, you know, it was cool chilling and meeting him at this point. Well, how, is he, how is he similar or different than, like, his persona? Um, I mean, he definitely amps it up for the stage, mm-hmm. which is what you should be doing. And then after the show, we're just chilling and he's kind of like, you know, decompressing. I was um, performing. But what? But I find it so hard <laughs> to like not do an Italian act, like a Brooklyn accent. Like when you're talking to him, yeah. like when I'm talking to anybody <laughs> with an accent, yeah, I just, you. my immediately, my immediate like instinct is to start mimicking their accent as That's a way awesome. to just learn it. Yeah. Oh my God. I did that one time at Ralphie Mae's house, another name dropper. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy looked at me like this, like I was the biggest asshole in the Ralphie world. Ralphie did? No, oh. this guy who was from Australia or England one of those stupid countries. And I started doing his stupid accent. And he just looked at me with this death stare. Like, I can't believe. Because I guess everybody in this <laughs> like town, like, it's all about ass kissing. So if you yeah. veer outside of the ass kissing box, people are, like, shocked. Yeah. You know? So anyway, so it was really hard for me not to, like, take on Dice's accent while I was talking to him. That's almost like a bit you should do. About, like, I've, I, it's not my fault, but I just, I, I take on their accent because I want I'm them to so feel comfortable. I'm just so codependent. Uh, yeah. I have to take on, I have to mimic yeah. their accent while I'm talking to them. I want them to feel you know? at home. But no, I mean, Dice, I mean, it's so strong that you're, like, I could see that happening. I was actually doing shows there, um... At but the, I'm, I'm happy that his accent is real, though. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, when you're watching him on stage, you're like, what if when he gets off stage, he gets rid of the Brooklyn accent? But that's how mm-hmm. he really talks. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's uh, definitely known for that accent. I was actually headlining there when and he had, like, a couple shows there, and I was doing the rest of the shows that week, right? So, like, they'll have a headliner on the early show, and then he does the late show, right? Right. And they told me, they go, okay, after your show, you got to leave the room 
because he's going to come in the green room. The, in, yeah, you got to get your stuff right, out of the green right, room. Right, 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 right. And I go, okay, yeah, sure, no problem. And it was crazy because the opener was like one of his best friends. Um, we were actually were co-headlining um, Alan Steffen, who's like one of his best friends. And then um, I know Eleanor Kerrigan, who also opens for him. And then uh, I know his sons, actually. I know his sons pretty Max well. Max and... Um... They're in the band. Yeah, LA, yeah, yeah. L.A. 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 What's it called? LA, L.A. Rock Band? L.A. L.A. Shoot. Well, I guess I don't know him that much. Um, yeah, Max and... Uh, shoot, it's been a couple Dylan. years. Dylan. Yes, Max and Dylan. So, like, I know them. And at that time, it was like I had just hung out with them. Mm-hmm. So it was weird. But I had never... I had met him before, but he I don't think he remembered me. So I'm, like, just standing in the green room, like, maybe a couple minutes past the time I was supposed to be in there. And he and he looks up. He discovers me there. He goes, "Who the fuck is this guy? Get him out of here!" And I'm like, "Oh god, I'm, fuck, I'm leaving." Now. <laughs> it was like one of those slow burns. He looks up. Who the fuck is the this fuck guy? Who the fuck is this guy? That's hilarious. Oh, like, well, I just headlined the room, dude. Um, just wanted to say hi. Thanks yeah. for all the inspiration. <laughs> you know, but like, I think he's a really nice guy. But like, yeah, I was in his space and it was you know, where I wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. But I think that, you know, the stage thing is a persona is what I've heard, right? I mean, it's a persona, but he's a very nice guy off stage is what I've heard. Yeah, he is really, he's so nice. Oh, yeah. This is when I met him once, but it was at, in public. So you wouldn't remember this. I was sitting outside at a restaurant and he comes and sits down next to me and my friend. And uh, he goes, you two mind if I smoke? I'm like, um, I was going to tell you to smoke if you didn't smoke. I was going to ask you if you could smoke. Uh, normally, I don't like smoking, but if it's you, I want to see you smoking. Isn't that funny? Yeah. yeah. It was nice that he asked us if he could smoke. Right, right, right. Outside. Man. Do you mind if I smoke? He sold out like the Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Like he's done everything. And at that he's time. He's done movies. I asked him if he had ever taken an acting class. He said no. Mm-hmm. he's actually a really good actor i know that's why i was like really you haven't taken any like are you just being tough brooklyn guy you know his series what was his series called that was just on like uh i don't know if it's on anymore but natasha Legera was his girlfriend in it or his wife um i forget what it was called it was really good i haven't seen it yet it was really I good i should see it yeah it was really good yeah and that ford fairlane i haven't seen but like i i think it's weird, like how there was a period of time where he wasn't as much in the public eye, but well, but he's still famous. Whether yeah. you're on television at this moment or not, people yeah. know who he is. And at that time, for him to sell out Madison Square Garden, like before the internet existed, crazy. And he wasn't on like really huge amounts of TV, except for you know specials and stuff like that. He had movies and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but like, he's how how did you true? How do you do that? Right, before the Dane Cook era. Yeah. Crazy. Who I helped, by the way. You did? Yes. Helped what? So uh, I edited his first comedy special. Oh, wow. It's Harmful of Swallowed. No way. Yeah, a lot of people don't... This is like a an unknown fact, but uh, I edited his first comedy special. Uh, he, I, I used to edit bits for the radio, for Premier Radio Networks, and I met him through the Laugh Factory. I used to wow, record comedians cool. at Laugh Factory. Yeah. So he said, hey, I'm going to go record my... Um, all my shows at the Houston Laugh Stop this weekend, and like, I'm hoping we can make it into a CD. I'm like, yeah, we'll bring it in and we'll we'll do it. So it was just audio. It was audio, yeah. Which is another thing I want to I want to say about Dane afterwards about if he would had have had a video, and like at that time people weren't doing videos. 
but like he's never really had a special on those early those two first specials that he had were not videos they were only audio Mm -hmm. which is crazy because i feel like it's a missed opportunity those are some of my favorite things that he ever did uh yeah if there was video of it more people would have seen it yeah but what so what i did was i edited the special and then i said um you should put clips of this on napster because it was huge at that time Mm -hmm. and i go and at the end we'll put a little clip on it that says for more information visit www.danecook.com and my voice is actually in it. Um, and uh, so he did that. And that's what I think really helped blow him up. Well, you know what? He had <laughs> awesome material. And it that was that, that was, you know, I had an idea uh-huh. that, you know, it wouldn't have worked if his stuff wasn't awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's amazing. And that makes such a big difference. That's so smart of you to put that. Yeah. Go to www. Yeah. And then at that time, you, you had to say because... www. But now you could just say dankcook.com. But that's yeah. how, how long ago it was. Wow. Um, but yeah, but like I, I always like felt like so things got off on the wrong foot with a lot of people with Dane. Because, I mean, he had a lot of criticism, which I felt was some of it was not deserved, mm-hmm. you know, because I think a lot of people's intro to him was Torgasm mm-hmm. because his, his second album went huge it was number two on the billboard hot 100 which is like unheard of you know wow. that, that was that was the big the big deal was that his like in just all, all all albums not just comedy albums but like say number one was britney spears number two was dane cook that's how huge that that album was what retaliation yeah he was competing against pop stars yeah like and he, he was, beat many of them yeah and he was the that's highest crazy the highest debuting comedy album since steve martin's wild and crazy guy Wow. And that's what, like, sent him through the stratosphere. But at that time, people hadn't heard any of his stuff. So then immediately he had Tourgasm, which was basically a tour diary documentary that wasn't necessarily funny. And that was on HBO. Mm -hmm. And a ton of people watched that. And that was their intro to him. And I don't think that was his strongest intro. It wasn't really what he did on stage. Right. It was like a behind the scenes of what we do. Wow. I mean, I guess it's hard to control how people find you. Right. Like you can put stuff out there hoping like, this is my introduction into who I am and my comedy. But people find you through all different kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. That's why also I feel... Like, even if you, uh, you know, get exposed to in some way you don't want to be exposed. Like, I look at some of the stuff that I have out online now that I put out in the past and I'm like, "Ah, that's not really a good representation of what I, Mm -hmm. what I do now. You know, um, I feel like you don't need a a video to go viral. It's good when you do. But like, sometimes you don't need a million people to see it. Sometimes you just need one person to see it. And that person gets it and goes hey, I'm going to put you in my TV show or, hey, I saw that thing you did. Yeah. Have you ever had opportunities like that that come out of like something that didn't get a lot of exposure? Yeah. But it just like matched up with somebody's idea. Mm-hmm. And you're like, they were like, oh, I saw you did this. You'd be perfect for that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But you have viral videos. I do, but I, I, I feel like the, what's more important than going viral is like almost like going viral in yourself, meaning like... Uh, Drink your own cum. Yeah, drink your own cum constantly. Don't let one drip go to waste. That's disgusting. Uh, <laughs> but like meaning like don't stop creating. Like yeah. always create 
make that the creativity go viral in yourself right you know what i mean yeah rather than obsessing over like refreshing like how many views do i have now yeah just keep creating and just keep putting stuff out there right with not maybe without the goal of like going viral but just like hey i have these you know this group of people who like me mm-hmm. and just you know i'm gonna put it out for them yeah and uh like I, I do this book called the artist's way have you ever done it i was recommend it to anyone who's doing anything creative but the artist way you you don't just read the book you do the book it's like a workbook and um it's like actually oh i have that book you have it yeah 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 yeah. okay yeah it's basically you know what it is it's a 12-step program for artists it is yeah 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 yeah. i started writing it in and i i kind of dropped off um in the middle but but yeah i have that and one of the themes is um you take care of the quality the quantity and god will take care of the quantity and it's not like a god thing it's not like they don't it's not like a proselytizing yeah. thing. It's just like you just believe that it comes from somewhere. Right. You know, that's what God is. Well, I was watching your videos because you do um, like funny videos, like music videos. Yeah, I do a lot of those. Yeah. Um, and yeah. where you write your own original songs. Uh, yeah, a lot of them have been, have been parodies, mm-hmm. but like more recently, they're more original songs. Yeah. And um, I noticed that like, you know, because sometimes like I have songs that I haven't made videos for yet. You know, and then I look at your videos and I'm like, God, I should just put something out there. Like, he doesn't even care about the quality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a long way to go to put me down, girl. I don't mean, <laughs> I know. no, I don't mean like you don't care about the quality, but I just mean like you, you, you're able to take like a simple idea and uh-huh. just execute it without, you don't need all that fancy stuff, you know, mm-hmm. because you don't need a huge budget to shoot a music video, right? Because your videos... Yeah, I learned the hard I, And way. I, I don't mean to put you down. I, mm-hmm. I'm actually giving you a compliment if you can find it. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You, you, you're saying that I, I've learned how to do a lot with a little. <clears throat> exactly. And I've learned that lesson the hard way, for sure. That because you, you've spent money on videos. Uh, I spent a and then, lot of money. Yeah. And then it got like no views. Well, here's... I will say there's been some videos that I spent a lot of money on that I got a lot of views. Like, you mm-hmm. know, when Soldier Boy was uh, was was yeah. big, uh, Crank That Soldier Boy, I did a Jewish version of it called Crank That Kosher Boy. Yeah, that and had like 10 million views. I had a lot of views on that. I think I maybe got six million. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that was a huge video. You're a bad Jew. Just play. If I yeah. say 10, just fucking play yeah, along. 10. Nobody's keeping 10. track here. It was 10. I haven't checked in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then... I did another follow up the next year because you know I had my confidence. I was like, oh, a ju- sequel funny- music video, yeah, a funny Jewish video. Uh, I'm gonna do another one. It's gonna go viral. I'm gonna spend some money. So on that first one, K- Kosher Boy, I probably spent six thousand dollars on it, uh-huh. but I got it back in gigs. Yep. And then the next year, I spent seven thousand on Hanukkah Electronica, and it was it's still one of the best videos I've ever made. Mm-hmm. And like. Look at that video if you want to see like a bigger budget and like actually like did yeah. like visual effects and all that stuff. And that one got like 80,000 views. Oh. And I was just like, oh god. Oh. I mean, since since then it's it's I think it's maybe what a half million now, yeah. but at that time I was like I spent $7,000 on this. But the thing the thing is I was doing them like you kind of do them for marketing because you want people to come to your shows or find out about you and from that one, I didn't really get a lot of people yeah. knowing about me. You yeah. Know? Wow. So now my my philosophy is that, you know, is don't spend money on videos if you can, you know, just on the basics. You know what I mean? Right. Like, don't go crazy. Like, what are the basics? Um, 
you know, camera, a camera person. Mm -hmm. Um, if you need to, um, if it's, if the video calls for like having really nice lighting or really good, um, you know, direct, uh, DP director of photography, then pay a guy, you know, um, I do this, that, uh, web series called Cultura, the culture one where I, I'll hire a guy to go out and shoot with me. But mm-hmm. that's, you know, you can do that for a few hundred dollars as opposed to $6,000. Costumes would cost a lot of money. Yeah. Um, props. Um, now I have, like, over the years, I've built up a bunch of costumes and stuff. So I have, like, mm-hmm. wigs and, um, you know, costumes. and and But I think people... I used to go all out and like, this has to look exactly like the original. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I would do parodies and I would like, this has to look exactly like it. And And when people are watching a comedy video, they're not like, oh, look at the production value. Like they just want to laugh, whether you did it on a green screen or spent $10,000 on it. Right. I used to think, um, I don't want people to watch my videos and go, oh, it's, I, I didn't subscribe to the philosophy of it's just for YouTube. It's just, it's just for this. It's just mm-hmm. for that. I was like, I'm going to produce television quality uh, um, videos because that's where I want to be. Yeah. That's why I would do it. And so now I'm like, you know what? Make the, make the comedy the highest quality. Mm-hmm. But don't worry about like, you know, I, I've found ways like in myself that Renting I can Renting a it. real tiger. Yeah, like you don't like have to do all that stuff. An right. aquarium. And now I edit. So like I can, that part, like I can do myself if I need to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's really like, you can make a lot of comedy happen in editing with, you know, juxtaposing clips and juxtap... Is that the word? Juxtaposing? Juxtaposing, yeah. Juxtaposing clips and... and um you can make things look really good with editing or, or color correction and stuff. So the quality actually like now in some ways the quality is better than when I would spend a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nowadays you can just spend a little money and still get a good quality yeah. video. And the prices have gone down, right? Yeah. yeah. So you must have like tons of songs that you have videos for. Yeah. 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 What are your other yeah. ones that you're known for? Um, well, more recently I did one with um, Tiffany Haddish and Angela Johnson. Mm-hmm. That was probably my last like uh, bigger budget one that I actually spent because I'm like, hey, I got I got some cool people in this nice. video. Spent yeah. some money. But even that one, we probably I I probably spent like less than a thousand dollars on that. What was it called? It's called Throw Shade, and it's about throwing shade. You know, like how mm-hmm. how ladies throw shade at each other. Yeah. It's like um, yeah. So and this was like right before Tiffany just blew. Uh, amazing, up. you caught her. Yeah. Well, we've been yeah. friends for a long time. Nice. So. And uh, I actually wrote the song for her, and then I thought, oh, who would be the only person that could, uh, um, like, battle with her in this song? And it's uh, Bonquiqui, Angela Johnson's character, Bonquiqui. Perfect. She plays. Yeah, it was it was great. So that one, um, I do a song. There's a lot of girls um, aren't really represented in hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like women, they only talk about one type of woman with the big butt. Uh-huh. So I made a song. For the girls with the flat butts, called "Flat Booty Girl in a Fat Booty World." <laughs> <laughs> so that one, uh, a lot who of played that? Um, we did a video for that. You call all your flat ass friends? Yeah, I call all my flat ass friends. I, these are some some uh, people that were that are big on YouTube. Um, Michelle Glavin was in that one, and um, they had this this group called the Awkward Kids, and they're the, these uh, these ladies that are very funny. The Awkward Kids, they do their own music videos and. Um, they were in it and uh i don't know that video though 
I think I kind of feel like the live video of that is what people really respond to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, that's the other thing that I've realized is that as comedians, a lot of really the, the best use for our clips a lot of times is just a stand-up clip. You know, yeah, maybe it is. Well, because this one, I, I liken it to you're at the food court, right? And what I was doing with music videos and making these awesome music videos is like, let's say I'm selling, um, I'm selling chicken, but I'm giving out samples of dessert. I'm giving out samples of a drink. I'm giving out samples of uh, a side dish. So true. You know? But you're really trying to sell yeah. the fucking chicken. Yeah. Why are you giving out the dessert? Give them some samples of chicken. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. So that's what I started doing. I know, that's but I feel, like when, I feel like when I post clips of do, me doing stand-up, mm-hmm. like people just want to see like photos more than they want to see like <laughs> I wish me I could do talking. That. I wish I could do that. <laughs> I'm Bad, like, this has less likes. <laughs> pretty people problems. <laughs> uh, but no, that, that is true. Yeah. It's yeah. like if you're trying to sell your comedy... Yeah. Give a slice of your comedy on your YouTube channel. And what made me nervous about it was like, oh, I don't want to burn my material. I don't I don't want to um, give you know. away the whole chicken. Right. And then they're not even hungry. But check this out. I took my special and I pretty much chopped it up and put it up on online. And I'm like, who cares? That's what people started coming out to my shows in the last couple of years is because these these clips of my stand up went viral <clears throat> and the, and it was like, who cares if they saw all of that? If they're coming to the show, they want to see like that you. again. Yeah. Or they want to see what else new I have. Um, or they like you, yeah. And and they, this is the other thing. Not a million people need to see you. And also, they don't have to see a whole hour. They only need to see a minute. If, that, if that's what sells them on coming out to see you, then that's great. Yeah. They're going to, and if they've seen that one bit and you do it again, it's like, oh, that's the thing I love. That's why I came out. They're going to like seeing that again. Wow. True. And plus, like, you also have to trust yourself that when you put out material Mm -hmm. is you're going to create new material and you'll be fine. Right. It's like I came up with the first material to begin with. So that's true. You know, it's weird. Also, like I'll sometimes I'll do some of those bits uh that i put up online i'll do them and like the way i do them now is so different there's new jokes there's new tags in there Mm -hmm. so i don't know it morphs into a different thing anyway yeah right it's like playing a song i guess like i mean because i do musical stuff it's like people want to see their favorite song Mm -hmm. sometimes and i actually do do songs but sometimes in the jokes like i'll i will purposely i'm trying to work on a different set now and people will come up to me after the show and be like, hey, how come you didn't do that joke about this? And I was like, oh, well, I'm trying to do new stuff now. And I go, oh, I wish you really, I really wish you would have done that one. I really love that joke. Yeah. So I don't know. I think people, they, they, they kind of view comedy like songs now sometimes. Weird. Maybe. Yeah. Well, if you know, you have like a clip that really resonated with them online. Yeah, yeah. They do want to see you do that. Right, right. So it's fine. Yeah. So we have nothing to be afraid don't of. Be all afraid. these stupid, all these stupid fears that we have. Yeah. Don't we have so many stupid fears that we're like, oh my god, if somebody had just told me like, don't be afraid to post clips of yourself online. Mm-hmm. You know, like my fear, like I, um, the reason why I never really built up my YouTube channel is because I wanted to be on television, mm-hmm. and I auditioned for roles on television, and I thought that will dilute me if I post. Um, 
videos of me on the internet, then television won't want me. Well, now Mm -hmm. YouTube has basically become television. Right. And I'm just like kicking myself like, God, I should have been working on my YouTube channel. I remember when I was living in Boston and YouTube first came out and I was talking to the Walsh brothers and they were like, yeah, you know, we have these videos. I was like, oh, you should post it on YouTube. They're like, what's that? I'm like, it's YouTube. It's spelled like Y-O-U. And like, I was talking to them on the phone, like explaining what YouTube is. Like, I remember those days. (laughs) Really? Yeah. And like, but I... And, and like iPhones weren't a thing yet and I had like a digital camera to like record a set but I also just didn't know what to do with it I'm like but what would I make a video about you know yeah. <laughs> like, yeah yeah now it's like what I love about LA and what I love about um like uh social media is that I kind of call it like a like a creative sandbox in LA there if there's somebody you can find a collaborator like anything that you want to do accomplish like if, if you need a, a guitar player you could find one in a second mm-hmm. if you um you know you need a director you can find one um and also online like now it's like the opportunity for you to be seen is so easy and so i feel like just keeping that creative output going like going viral within yourself i guess i just came over that going now. viral within yeah. yourself yeah it's yeah. like make your creativity viral and like I, I listen to this podcast called The Accidental Creative sometimes, and there he always says, die empty, um, meaning creatively, like, mm-hmm. get it out, is what he's saying. You know, like, not die empty, like, not die without purpose. That's my but... philosophy for when I go number two. <laughs> die empty. But, like, he always Squeeze says... Squeeze it all. Just stay until it, it, the last drop comes out. <laughs> you might think you're done, but just stay. See? You just had a creative moment. <laughs> I just said something and something creative... Even though it did have to do with pooping, you said you weren't going to talk about pooping. Who is the most creative? Like, Poo is because very creative. Because they're all different shapes. That's true. Poo is, I mean, the that's most what you do create as a person. Something physical like we, that you create on a daily basis. We all create basis. every day. <laughs> yeah. You create. That's your creativity basically coming out. Wow. Wow. See, it's a euphemism. Wow. Pooing is a, a euphemism. A euphemism. <laughs> that was stupid. Um, cool. Well, thanks so much for doing my podcast. Well, we end on that. Okay. Yes, we All end right. on that. Unless, did you want to continue no. your thought? No, I like ending. That's a good place to end. I kind of chopped it off at the end. Yeah. We died empty. It's like when you're pooing and your sphincter kind of chops it off. <laughs> and you're like, I know there's more in there, but I got shit to do. <laughs> shit to do. You're like, I know there's two more inches of that poo still coming out. You should just do this from your bathroom, Koo. People have said that, but the echo is too much That's for the true. audio. Oh, I thought you meant like because I said it again, it was an echo. No. Okay, but the echo in the No, the, yeah. The acoustics. The toilet acoustics. bowl is made of porcelain and it bounces off audio sounds. If you ever come up with an album, you have to call it acoustics. No, I don't. Okay, you don't have to. <laughs> See just, what a cuck you are? An idea. <laughs> All right. Okay, then we need to make a, a podcast called Coo in the Cup. <laughs> I had a I had a comedy team called Coo and the Jew. All right. In Boston. Um, all right. And you're on Twitter at Eric Schwartz. Eric Schwartz, yes. And my S- web's F-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. That's the right way to spell Schwartz. Some people spell it wrong. I've seen different ways. Schwitzing. Schwitzing. S-C-H-V-I-T-Z-I-N-G. 
schwitzing means sweating. You ever try to end a conversation with a Jew and it just doesn't work? It just it keeps going for 10 more minutes. You're, You're like, all right, well, great this. talking to you. Bye. And they're like, but let me go into one more thing. Yeah. For okay, 15 I'm minutes. EricSchwartzLive.com. <laughs> I'm out. EricSchwartzLive.com. Cool. Thanks so much. Talk to you next week. Bye. One more thing. Oh, my God. This episode was brought to you by Speedweed. Speedweed is America's most trusted name in medical marijuana delivery. They have everything you need to get yourself fully medicated in the state of California. Yay! They got the King Louie. They got the Purple Kush, the Afghan Kush, the Sour Diesel. They got the Indicas, the Sativas, the Edibles, and the CBD oils, and the vape pens, and the vape refills. They have everything you need, so just sit your lazy ass on your couch and go to speedweed.com and order whatever you need for at-home cannabis delivery. From celebrities to soccer moms, Speedweed offers same-day and overnight delivery of medical marijuana throughout California. And that medical stuff is what you want to be smoking. Trust me. For more information, go to www.speedweed.com. Thank you guys for listening to another episode with Eric Schwartz. Eric Schwatzen. Make sure you watch his crazy YouTube videos and check out his website and go see him perform. All right, well, you guys, I had a great week this week. I am super, super excited. Just did a show in the belly room last night at Crack 'em Up Those Days with Nichelle Murdoch and Del Harrison. More shows coming up tonight. I'm going to be at the Ice House in Pasadena, California, doing Brian Redband's secret show at the Ice House at 10 p.m. tonight on May 4th, 2018. I will also be in Fort Lauderdale on May 12th at the 10th Level Tavern. And then May 20th, I'll be at the Tao Comedy Studio in Los Angeles, California. And May 29th, I'll be at Comedy Pop-Up in Silver Lake. And August 1st and 2nd, I'll be at Off the Hook Comedy Club in Naples, Florida. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. Oh, make sure you watch me on Family Guy, Carter and Trish. I am on a couple episodes of Family Guy. One of them is called Carter and Trish. So hopefully you check that out where you watch Family Guy. Thank you guys so much. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.